All right. What's up, Stu? What's up, Kevin? What are we talking about today? We are talking about how we stay organized, how we build systems to stay organized, some of the tools we use, and how staying organized helps us uh, prioritize things in our life to be the most effective that we can be. Um, maybe you can start us off by talking about some ways that you stay organized in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I think um, staying organized is a combination of a system that you have and also the mindset. Um, I think one of the most important things about staying organized is when you wake up in the morning, you want to just in some way, shape, or form write down or list down what it is that's most important for you today. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you have a lot of noise coming in through life, you have to do a lot of, lot of tasks, but really you can write down maybe the top two or three things that you need to focus on. And if you accomplish those things, even one or a couple of those things, everything else is secondary, you've had a good productive day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I like where, we, where you started off is like defining organization. What does it mean to be organized? And only until we understand that can we actually understand what being truly organized is and why it's important. Uh, to me, I think it's important because um, it allows you to work more efficiently and effectively, but it also allows you to have more time for the things that are truly important, whatever that might be, whether it's your personal life, whether it's in your work life. I think organization allows you and enables you to um, spend time on the things that are really important rather than looking for things or doing things twice, three, four times or wasting your time scrambling around when you could have just done things right the first time, put it back in the right place or wrote something down so that you didn't have to take longer to do something specifically and really be present in a moment where it counts at least in, in whatever context that you believe in, right? And I think for me, some of the ways that I stay organized is kind of like you, is like writing things down. Um, I use this app called like Evernote um, that I think is really useful um, in creating checklists, um, organizing your day-to-day -day life on maybe some of the business things that you need to tackle and some of the personal things that you, you want to tackle for that day. Um, and what is it about Evernote that really draws you what what kind of things about it makes it more effective I guess than just traditional writing writing it down on a notebook yeah I, I think writing it down on a notebook is great too I used to do that the reason why I stopped doing that is because I didn't want to bring so many things around I wanted to be able to access wherever whenever wherever whenever so that way if I forgot something or I needed to do something in the spur of the moment I would be able to pull up my phone pull up Evernote and then just put that as a task that I needed to do and accomplish for that day versus if I were to rely on my notebook to stay organized, then like, if I don't you know. If you lose it, you're fucked. If I lose it, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. And I, I don't always have that notebook on me. It's like, it's okay. too big to keep in my pocket versus like, I can just pull out my phone, put it on the checklist or whatever it is. It'll pop up in your laptop as well. And it'll pop up in my laptop as well. So it's like, that convenience factor is why I like Evernote so much. And the fact that it's also really simple to use. I, I, don't, I don't really need to like 
learn how to use it. I just need to learn how to organize it and that's it, you know, and how I want to organize it, um, which is what I enjoy about it. Another thing that I enjoy about it is the fact that you can upload photos or screenshots of certain web pages um, and then type in the search bar, whatever it is you're looking for, and it actually can understand text in a photo. In a photo, really? In a photo. Okay. So like when you search something up, you could see that it highlights text in a photo and it reads and recognizes that, which is... Just from screenshots. Just from a screenshot, which is... I think pretty breakthrough because it's a lot, it allows me to save a lot of information then search it up later through Evernote. So it sounds like one accessibility is a huge reason yeah. why you use it. And the second one is the, the searchability, I guess the search engine that it uses. It right. can find a lot of things that you couldn't with the naked eye or just normally through a notebook. Is that correct? That's correct. Cause if you think about organization, what, like why is it that you want to stay organized? And what's the best way to stay organized? Because, like, for example, if you have a million books, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have some sort of bookmark, quick or bookmark tab tabulated format. Format. Not only that, but if you don't have the tool to just search it up instantaneously, you're going to be taking forever to, to find, find what you're looking you're like, for. What was that thing that I was looking for? I have to search through millions of pages versus just type in a word. There you go. I see. That's why I like it. Because, for example, when you write it on, let's say, a piece of paper, right? You got to flip through the pages. You got to flip through the pages and remember where you put it. You can't just search it and then, like, it pops up. Because what if you wrote an important piece of information down and you're like, oh, I wrote something in this along the lines? How can I find it? You can't with the notebook. You know, it's an interesting point that you brought Evernote because I think in life, at least for for a lot of us, we, we struggle to find that important piece of information or priority mentally you know and not having that that sort of system in your in your way of thinking also gets you clogged up and what I, what i mean by that i mean how often do you hear you know yourself or sometimes even people that you work with or just family or peers right they they say i'm i'm too busy today i don't have time for this i don't have time for that but Really, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day, right? So the excuse that I'm too busy for something means doesn't mean that you don't have enough time because everyone has the same amount of time. It means you don't know how to prioritize your time. Mm. And I think going back to why organizing is such an important topic is because clarity is power, right? Without clarity, you have no focus. And without focus, you cannot accomplish anything uh, important or substantial. At any given moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. It comes back to that example we were talking about a couple episodes back yeah. um, about how to simplify and bring clarity, clarity to your life. If you guys want to flip back a couple episodes, we talk about it in there. But essentially, just to kind of give it a the example, a recap, essentially, if you draw a circle and you have a bunch of two-inch arrows around it, uh, where does that circle go? It goes nowhere. But if you combine those two-inch lines around the circle and you combine it and point it in one direction, how far does it move? It moves like, you know, 20 inches in whatever direction you want to go. The, right. same, the same thing with life is if you're now organized and you're going a million different directions, you don't have any clarity, like, Stuart, like you were just mentioning, Stuart, then you wouldn't be able to um, prioritize and do and move in the places you're actually trying to go. Exactly. And these yeah. arrows could be things like 
bad habits, you know, or arbitrary distractions or things that suck up a lot of your time that you could be doing later on. I think that's also another important thing they're talking about, something that maybe Evernote might not be able to help do for you, but can help tabulate for you is um, learning to decide what takes up too much time and putting those things on the back burner, you know, in the, in the back instead of if it's those, not as important, yeah. right? If you, you level by what, what am I trying to accomplish? And you put the, the important things that will help you accomplish that the most effectively first, you put all your energy into that first and whatever is not so conducive towards your end goal, you can put towards the back or something that can be held off later on that won't drain all your energy. Because as you know, we're, we're human, right? So you have a finite amount of energy every single day. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to front load what matters most at the beginning of the day as opposed to later in the day. You ever try to work out, for example, after a long day of work versus before a long day of work? Yeah, I have. But I think that one is interesting because I've experimented with both. I think I feel, for me, the way my body's wired, I think it, it could vary depending on a person, but I get, mm -hmm. I get the point you're alluding to, um, is doing the most important things in the beginning of the day so you're able to have more clarity because the rest of the day, if it's just like my new task that you can just take care of that doesn't require a lot of mental effort is definitely how I like to structure my days. Um, so if working out for you I is actually, later in the day? I actually like later in the day because I don't need as much brain power. For me, I'm more of a morning person, right? So like I see. in the morning, my mind is very clear. I'm able to do problem solving. I'm able to think creatively. I'm also able to work productively because I'm way more focused in the morning. And I also fast in the morning, so that helps me have a little bit more clarity and have more energy. Because the second I put food in my body, I start to kind of get uh, lethargic and like lazy. So that's why I, I, I don't eat my first meal until about 12 or 1 o'clock every day. So before then, all my most important things are done. Or like the things that are going to cause me... Are require a lot of mental effort. I do that first. And so then, you finish what you need to do first, and then you eat. And then basically. I eat. Yeah. And then I eat. And then that way, I'm just kind of like, oh, like now I can do all my, like talking to people stuff because, like, to me, like you're just talking to people. You don't need to like actually focus on like working on stuff. So your brain's not like firing like it is early on in the morning. Yeah. It's a little bit more on like cruise control. We're autopilot yeah cruise control autopilot after lunch so like anything right. after that i'm like all right i could do that now you know since we're talking about that yeah. and cruise control um, another aspect of organizing your life and prioritizing is being able to automate tasks mm -hmm. what are some of the best methods or practices that you found that helps you automate your day-to-day -day, uh work yeah man it, it, we're gonna start off yeah. broad and narrow down specific for examples. sure yeah i think uh if being that we were talking about evernote earlier i think that also helps me automate a lot too because i i save a lot of things that if i need to do it twice or if i need to say this twice or email it twice or whatever it might be you find I, yourself having to type the same type of email over and over and over again yeah then i'm gonna save that into my Evernote. So the next time I can save that five, 10 minutes and then just paste it in there, replace some words, personalize. Re yeah, it. replace some words and then send it out. Right. 
And I think that could be applicable in even personal life in the way you stay organized. Perfect example is like, um, if you're organizing something in your life or the way that you structure your life, uh, so like even down to automating your decision-making process, right? So like clothing, like clothing, right? Or so maybe you could remove the amount of articles of clothing that you don't like. So everything in your closet you do like, you, do, you just pick one out, you throw it on, you don't have to make a decision, which is why I think someone like Steve Jobs probably wear the same thing every day because you don't need to decide what you want to wear that day. Right, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. I think he was. He does he the was, same thing. Yeah, he's very well known for having just only gray shirts in his closet. So it would be like Monday through through Sunday. It would just be it would be a gray T-shirt. Yeah. Then you auto, you just automate that decision, so you don't have to make that decision. Decision making fatigue, I think, is what we're getting at. Yeah, I think even coming back to fasting, I just decide to not eat breakfast. I don't need to decide what I have to eat in the morning. I don't have to eat. Decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, and it, I think it's even great too because you can automate at least even your lunch because you just meal prep it. That's what I was gonna say. You meal saying. prep it, and then you already know. Hey, I don't have to decide what I'm eating. It's, it's already ready. It's already ready. It's, it's already. I've already pre-planned it, and it's gonna fit what I need. Exactly. So even things like that is considered automating because those things require time and energy and effort to make happen. But right. I think the decision making and also time, Correct. I think, is, is what will fatigue you in the long run. It accumulates. Correct. It accumulates. I think there's a fine balance, right? Because there is. you like, have to have choices in life. Choices and not only that, like variety. Right. So like it's it's like kind of what what's important to you, right? So if to you eating and fashion isn't important, then why not automate that? Uh, yeah, for, so for for example, going back to clothing, yeah. and I'll talk about food later, mm -hmm. is for me I would like to just tell myself on Wednesdays, I'm wearing this set of uniform. Mm -hmm. On Thursdays, I'm wearing that set. Mm -hmm. So pretty much every single day of the week, I don't need to decide what color do I want to wear. It is going to be that that uniform. It is going to be clean and it's going to be ready for right. that day. Yeah. So that's kind of automation. But about the food aspect, have you ever heard of a, a service called Freshly? Or I have, have heard of Freshly. You've heard Freshly, Blue Apron, a bunch of these yeah. other things, you know, as... It's good. Yeah, it, it, it sounded trendy at first. I was kind of skeptical at first. I was like, okay, why would I pay, you know, $8, $9? Do you use Freshly? Yeah, I use okay. Freshly, but I've tried a couple of different ones. Uh, Blue Apron. How often? Do you just do that every day? or? It depends. Yeah. depends on my schedule. If I know that, you know what, the next two weeks or the next couple of weeks is going to be really intense at work. You know, I really don't have time to go, go out and find food or I'm just really, really tired. To prep food, because yeah. I'm I'm the I'm notoriously lazy for prepping food. I am the worst. If you okay. let me prep food, it's going to be unhealthy. <laughs> it's probably not going to taste good either, and it probably won't look appetizing. Okay. Yeah. But all of that aside, what I love about Freshly is kind of to your point, like Evernote, it helps automate your decision making. Yeah. I can pick from a selection of thirty dishes they have. Pre-made meals. Pre-made meals, yep. right? They're all healthier, balanced in some way, shape, or form. You can decide if you want. Wanting gluten free or vegetarian or whatever, so you have some choices, but not too many, and you pretty much just select. I want six meals for this week, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, you select the six, and they just auto ship it to you. And I thought about that. It's this is expensive, but then I thought about it a little bit more. It's actually not. If you're, I'm not trying to sell freshly or, or this. You know, we're not trying to endorse. We're not even. We're <laughs> not even paid to endorse yeah, any yeah, of these things. Yeah. This is just what, what I we found, use. Yeah, correct. Right to help is. Yes, it's 
eight to nine dollars per meal. But if you buy in larger quantities, it's it's like six to seven dollars a meal because okay. they they want to incentivize you to buy more in bulk. Correct. But bulk bulk or not aside, the amount of time that you take to go buy ingredients for food. Correct. The amount of time that you have to take to wash dishes, right, and decide what you want to eat and what you want to cook and keeping the food fresh, to me is worth more than just you know what screw it I'm just gonna pay. Eight dollars a meal and just yeah. do that because yeah. it's right there. It's it's healthy. It has what I need, and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And going back to your point, it frees your mind up to focus on other things that matter, other than do I want to have my food with chicken or beef? You know, it doesn't matter because you've already selected it. You're gonna have a variety of whatever you picked. Already. Yeah. yeah. Just make one big. It's kind of. It, it's also another good principle here is make one big decision. So that the rest of the decisions can be a whole lot easier, right? And when you make that, I feel like your life has a lot more clarity. So coming back to your question on how do we automate life, if we if we think about automation, right? What is automation? Automation is doing something once to save you a lot of time in the future, right? Or moving removing tasks that can be done by something else. Correct. Yeah. Right. And. I think uh, when you look at your life that way, and it's like, hey, I've been doing this three or four or five times, it takes a lot of time, and it's not something that I feel like is important for me to do every single time. So let me see, what can I do to make one decision, or one template, or one whatever reminder. it might be, yeah. reminder, so that way I'm building I'm saving time not doing those same tasks over you, and over you again. You remove the roadblocks. You remove the friction on the road and you build momentum Ex towards where you need to go. Exactly. Right. And I think that's super critical. And I think being organized helps you automate. And so it's kind of like a subset. Once you learn how to organize and how to organize effectively and efficiently, you can then transition into like practicing automation if you don't have organization, it's very difficult to automate because you don't know how to like automate correctly or effectively. You know yeah. what I mean? I think another yeah. important important part about automation, since we're on this topic, mm -hmm. is removing um, too many decisions to make. And what do I mean by that? Think about the last time you you've been to a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been to those those types of restaurants that have like a hundred menus. Ah, oh, right? I hate that, dude. But think about the best franchises in the history of, of the restaurant business. How mm -hmm. many items do they have on the menu? Like, like, like if you in, think in about In-N-Out, in and out, in and it's out. like one. You have one choice. You have a double-double. You <laughs> maybe have fries, right? Depending if you like it or not. You yeah. put spread on there. They call it spread. They don't even go complicated and explain what's what in the ingredient. Who cares? It tastes good. Yeah. Do you want it or not? Yeah. And you have a couple of drinks. And then there's a secret menu item, but that's, that's a whole other thing. But... The key to why I think they're so successful is one, their food tastes good and it's quick. But it's consistent. It's consistent. And why is it consistent? Because it's automated. Yeah. Because there's few choices. It's either A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have 26 letters on the alphabet. You have to scramble to pick, dude, which which letter am I going to pick to compose? Yeah. You know, if you only got these three things, yeah. you can only do these three things. You're going to do them much better than trying to spread it across 26 things. I 100% yeah. agree. I was listening to something in regards to that um i don't know if it was 
Malcolm Gladwell or something else. I was listening to this TED Talk. Maybe I can just add it as a link in the show notes. Yeah. But um, it was talking about how um, spaghetti sauces, right? There was a business that was trying to uh, come up with a bunch of different spaghetti sauces to increase revenue, mm-hmm. right? And they came up with, I don't know the exact numbers. I'm just throwing a random number out there. It was like, so like 46 ridiculous or amount, yeah. uh, like 46 or 60 something different kinds of spaghetti sauces, right? Everything between spicy, diced, like, you know, visibly uh, with chilies, mushrooms or whatever ingredients that are in there, created a variety of spaghetti sauces, right? And there was a competitor at the time who was trying to fight for this market for spaghetti sauces. And they did a survey and said that, hey, people are actually looking for more choices. They're only looking for three different things and it's spicy, chunky, and there was like a third option, right? Right. And then I think it was something to do with like having meat in there or something of that nature. That's true. But the point is it was just three choices, right? And that there was no spaghetti sauce that was chunky. And so they said, okay, well, let's just make these three things, but let's just make our primary one chunky. And they took over the market by like 33% or something like that. Holy moly. Yeah. And so point point given, it's not that people are looking for more choices. Actually, more choices causes people to decide less. Analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Another example was like there was a bunch of strawberry jams or like different kinds of jams. There was like 150 then when the store shrunk down into, this is on the same TED talk, shrunk down into, you know, like a fewer amounts of choices, let's say six choices, people actually ended up buying instead of just looking, mm-hmm. right? And so like, I think- it, There's just so many examples. So I mean, many different kinds of examples. Think about the most recent Apple yeah. keynote, right? Yep. What's Apple really known for? I think there's a statistic out there. Yeah. I think over 70%, correct, I, I could be off of numbers, but the bulk of the majority of Apple's revenue comes from one product and one product only. Hmm. It's the iPhone. Yeah. You know? I mean, yes, they do have a few selections of, of iPhones, right? But they always keep it at three. You notice if their lineup had a lineup of 10 phones, people would not even be able to decide which phone they're going to get. Yeah. Right? Three. Three is the max that they're going to, exactly. to have. And I think... Um, it comes back to what we're talking about, right? Is like, if you can automate your decision or shrink the amount of decisions that you have to make by making one big decision, that'll ultimately be super useful and help you prioritize what's important in your life. It's easier for buyers, easier for you, and easier for, for you know, whatever whatever business model you're in. It just makes, makes things a lot more simple because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's kind of like electric cars, right? You know, since we're talking about simplicity, like, I mean, you, you've driven, you know, electric cars. We're going we're to say the best one out there is Tesla, but, but, um, or at least the most popular one out there, the, the company that is known for making electric cars sure. is Tesla, right? Sure. The one that spearheaded this movement. And mm-hmm. I think what's really unique about the way it drives is because it's, it's very smooth, mm-hmm. but why is it smooth? What I found out is the powertrain only has about 30 to 40 something moving parts in it, like a ridiculously low number. Mm-hmm. But if you dissect how the internal combustion engine looks like, mm-hmm. there's actually close to several thousand of moving parts. Mm-hmm. You know, That means it's more cluttered. That means statistically there's more things that can go wrong with the drive unit, yeah. right? Versus you have this other car that only has about 30 to 40 moving parts. There's 
fewer things that can go wrong because there are fewer things that are going on to begin with. Mm. It's kind of like having a, a team of managing a team of three people yeah. versus managing a team of 300 people. Yeah. Which team is more likely to have slip-ups or mistakes Correct. or miscommunication Correct. or too much, too much clutter? Correct. It's a group of 300 people. Right. Unless you Unless create the right automated, system, automated, automated system exactly. that prevents those mistakes or mitigates those mistakes from happening. Exactly. But statistically speaking, you know, it, it is more work to more make likely. that more automated. Yeah. How much easier is it to automate three versus to automate 300 individuals? I, I 100% agree with that. Exactly. Yeah. We covered a lot. I feel like this is this was super useful. I mean, do you think there's anything else you want to add in terms of tools that you use, tactics, and ways you structure your day? Uh, there, there is one that we didn't yeah. quite cover. It's yeah. uh, it's an app that I use called Sleep Cycle. Because we're talking yeah. about you know what you do during the day to help make your, your life more productive. Mm. But I also think what you do during your sleep is really, really important. Mm. And what I like about the, the sleep cycle is it, it takes some sort of scientific finding about REM or whatever, deep sleep, Okay. In a light sleep, sure, and it cycles through your your movements or your your body, the mm. amount of output your body's putting when you're sleeping, mm. and it can actually predetermine through your sleeping history mm. when is the optimal time to wake up. Interesting. So in a way, it, it in a way, and this sounds like some hokey pokey like sort of like BS, but yeah. but like you've you've got to give give it a try just to find out if it works for you. Sure. It has a couple features. One, it actually creates white noise if you need that to help you fall asleep. Some really? people, some people like myself, I sometimes find it hard to fall asleep. And rather than having to resort to chemicals, sure, right, or like melatonin or, or supplements, yeah, I like the white noise because the white noise helps me kind of clear out the sound. Sometimes when it's too quiet, I, I struggle to fall asleep because I hear everything. But then the white noise blocks everything out. In a way, it's automating my brain to just shut off. And then once I fall asleep. It'll actually determine in 90-minute intervals when is the best time to wake me up. Wow. Within, and you can even set this. Here's the crazy part. Let's say you usually wake up at 8. You can tell it to, within a 30-minute window, mm -hmm. when's the best time for it to wake you up. So instead of saying 8, maybe between 7.30 to 8, or between 8 to 8.30. Interesting. Probably 30 minutes early because yeah. you don't want to oversleep. Yeah. And it can predetermine that. After collecting data, a couple sure. of nights of hearing, seeing you sleep, monitoring how you sleep, it'll even show you what time of the night you're most inactive and most active mm. and how much deep sleep you're getting. This, this whole deep sleep thing is, is kind of interesting. We could talk about another subject, but sure. it, it basically is just if you don't get enough deep sleep, you might have a longer length of sleeping, but you might wake up feeling lethargic and not energized versus sometimes you felt like I didn't actually sleep that much, but why is it that I feel more energy? You know, waking up and it's because you're able to get more deep sleep out of that and this this is a really cool app it's called sleep cycle yeah it uh, just kind of helps you automate your sleeping patterns Got basically it. oh wow that's cool i gotta check that one out yeah, yeah definitely i feel like sleep and productivity is like a whole another topic it is, it is. maybe we could talk about that on, on the next one right yeah. that was kind of a tangent but it's kind of yeah. on a subtopic of automating and you know organizing how you sleep yeah awesome man yeah Great. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I think we just hit uh, 120 plays. So, I mean, we're just that's kind exciting. of... That's exciting. That's uh, exciting. Thanks for listening in on this, guys. We really appreciate you. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, what would really help us if, is if you uh, left a review. 
Um, and share your thoughts, you know, share your best practices. We want to foster, you know, an atmosphere where, where we can share thoughts that helps everyone benefit. You know, how do you automate your life? How do you prioritize or what are the best practices? Yeah. And, you know, if you have an idea for the next podcast, uh, send us a tweet or send us an email. That's going to be in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, until next time, do you have anything else to add, Stuart? Sounds, sounds good. All right.